Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Make sure that you will listen to the sermon again after I finish editing. We definitely going to have on the table at the church on Sunday. And you can download from the computer at church at the table, CD table. Or you can download from the podcast or from our website. So make sure you listen to it again and again until you experience more grace of God. It's not about just having the knowledge, but it's about experiencing. The Christian life is about knowing and experiencing, not just knowing. Sometimes people love to decorate their brain with good knowledge, but they never experience. I really want to thank God all these years. I was not a believer, and after I accepted Jesus Christ and started the church, Many years ago, when I started the church, I did not know much. I knew this much. But God said, what you knew, you just give it out. And as time goes by, as I gave it out to members, I teach and disciple the members of the church according to what I know. What I don't know, I cannot give. But as I am diligent and hungry to learn more, He not only gave me more knowledge and understanding and revelation, and then I share to the members, not only that I know, but this is how God works in my life. He also let me experience all this preaching that I preach to you. Sometimes the experience come before I prepare the lesson. Sometimes the experience come right after I write the lesson and understand the scripture then I begin to experience. I have experienced the grace of God for many years now. So when I wrote this lesson a year ago, usually I write the lesson of, of the camp one year ahead. So when I wrote the lesson, I already have experiences. When I preach, I know in my heart, yes and amen, yes and amen. I did not preach out of theory but I preach out of my personal walk or experience with God. So it's really fun to know the Word and experience the Word of God. Amen? How many people want to live the Christian life that way? You gain more knowledge and you experience more. You gain more knowledge and you experience more. And it's so exciting to walk in the truth and experience the truth that we learn and we receive from the Lord. Acts chapter 4, verse 33 I review a little bit. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. This is the main text of this teaching. Great grace was upon them all. This statement is a conclusion regarding the condition of the disciples in the early church in Jerusalem. And I believe that today we are ready and we are hungry to enter into the condition of great grace and greater grace and fullness of grace individually and as the corporate church and as the group of churches together all over the world, everywhere in the world, that we will experience and receive the great grace of God. At that time, the disciple had so much grace that even the apostle walked by the temple gate called Beautiful, the layman's there, raised up by the power of God and walked. The religious leaders of the temple were not happy. They arrested the apostles, they beat them, threatened them not to preach in the name of Jesus Christ. But the apostles were not afraid. They went back to their own company, they prayed, and the building was shaken. Last night, I felt a little bit like that. 
when I pray for people, we heard the thunder many times, and I was wondering how in the world we have 90 degrees in the daytime, no sign of rain, no sign of thunder in August in Seattle, in early August. So this is a miracle to me. I think God was confirming that He was so happy with what's happening in this room. I also heard that the children in the children program got touched by God and they cry and they got drunk in the Holy Spirit in another room as well. At the same time, God moved in that room and God moved in this room. Great grace is upon us all. Amen. And how we get this grace? We get the grace by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ paid for everything. He went to the cross. He took the curse. He took the sin and the punishment on the cross. And because he totally obeyed the Father, he was walking in total obedience and full of the Spirit. Therefore, he received the fullness of grace upon him. And he is the head of the church. We can come by faith. And receive portions of grace from Him, flow down from heaven into the believers, into the church. We learn this lesson so we know that the grace of God is available through Jesus Christ. If you don't know what you have, you don't get it. You heard the story that a person who lived in a shaky house until that person died. And when the relative come by to clean up the house, they found a lot of cash under the couch, and that person sit on the couch for years and years without knowing that there are a bunch of money under the couch. Have you ever heard that kind of story? Because the owner of the house did not know that there was something under the couch. Many Christians are destroyed due to the lack of knowledge. They didn't not even know that Jesus is so full of grace and. The Bible says we can receive grace upon grace from Him, and that grace come upon the church more and more, and that grace will work not only while you are leading worship, not only when you go to care group. The grace of God will work in your home, while you are teaching your children, while you are cooking, while you are educating your children and grandchildren. The grace is there with you at the job, while you are walking in the shopping mall, and you are thinking about buying a gift for your mom, and the grace of God come upon you, and you buy the right thing that your mom likes. I noticed that that grace is upon Pastor Da a lot. She love to shop, but not for herself. She love to shop to buy gift for people, and every time she bought gift for leaders and members, it's amazing. It's exactly what that person need. You don't want to buy the gift that people get in and then, oops, I, I don't need this. I'm gonna put on the shelf. Or this is not for me. It doesn't fit me. You want to buy the gift that people will look at and, wow, I'm dreaming about this for a long time, and they receive it by grace because you bought it by grace, and the grace of God know. What people need is that right? So the grace of God is with all the ladies who love to swipe the credit card as well at the shopping mall, and the grace of God is with the husband that sometimes the grace will stop the hand of the ladies to swipe too much. The grace of God is everywhere when you drive on the street, when you talk to your boss, when you. Talk to your customers. <laughs> Whatever you do in your life, the grace of God is not just for preaching, teaching, ministering. The grace of God is for you everywhere. Amen. There are varying degrees of grace. Grace upon grace, little grace and more grace. Some of you may have little grace now. That's okay. You can increase the grace in your life as time goes by. Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ. Everyone say, grow in the grace. Grow in the grace. 
James chapter 4 verse 6 but he gives more grace he can give you more grace even though you have some grace already can you have more grace yes and amen we can have more grace and this is an exciting new the word great grace in Acts chapter 4 that we read in verse 33, the original language is the word mega, M-E-G-A. Mega means big, huge, huge grace. Big grace, not a small one. And that huge grace can be on each of us, can be upon our church as a whole, and can be upon our family husband and wife can be upon the single that eventually the single will find the right mate the grace of God is upon all kinds of people our God is not a sleeping God our God is not the kind of God that likes to pull people backward and downward our God is a God who wants his children to go upward how many parents in this room want your children to get smaller how many people in this room want your kids to get um, duller and more stupid? How many people want your kids to be more stupid? How many people want your kids to progress, get higher education, progress in their growth, in their stature and wisdom? How many people want that? Oh, our God is the same thing. He is the same kind of father. He loves his kids to progress. He loves his kids to grow up, to have more wisdom and more grace and more and more. He wants to move in your life so that you will get more grace in your life. And this grace is not just a theory or not just a concept, but it's a reality that can happen to all of us. And when we have more grace, we can do more. When we have more grace, we can accomplish more. 1 Corinthians 15, 10. Everything that is good, everything that is worthwhile, that we have received and we have done and we can be a part of, received, done, and a part of, has been done by the grace of God. That's what Paul said. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all. So Paul recognized that every good thing that happened to him, his anointing, his teaching, his ministry, everything that good thing happened to him is done by the grace of God. People give the definition of the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God. It's a good definition, but it's not only half of the real meaning of the word grace of God. People just stop the grace of God as unmerited favor that you can go to heaven because God loved you and then done, finish. So I'm saved now and then finish. That is not even, I think, 10% of the real meaning of the grace of God. The grace of God is a big word. The favor of God is a big thing in the Bible. It's a huge statement. It's a big thing that is hard to understand. When I say the love of God, can you describe in one word? No. It's a big subject, the love of God. If I say the power of God, you cannot explain in one sentence. You have to keep explaining and understanding and experiencing it. Yes, we should understand the definition of the grace of God. But it's more important that we have the experiences of the grace of God as well. Not just understanding the definition. Amen? By grace, we have opportunities. And by God's grace, we would have also ability. Before we get saved, by the grace of God, we have the opportunity to meet somebody who shared the gospel with us. By the grace of God, we have the opportunity to read the Bible, to listen to the preaching. By the grace of God, He gives us the ability to understand the gospel and to see the need of salvation. By the grace of God, we can have faith to receive the gospel. The grace of God worked even before we got saved. That led us to have opportunity to meet people. 
to be in the condition that we can hear the gospel. By the grace of God, the ability come to understand. Oh, I see. Oh, how Jesus loved me. Then, by the grace of God, we can have faith to believe in the work of Jesus Christ. And by the grace of God, we have the bonus to bow down and walk to the altar and pray to accept Jesus Christ. By the grace of God, we have faith. We can have faith. The ability to have faith in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, because actually the concept of the blood of Jesus Christ is really foolish in the eyes of educated people or smart people. Why you believe in the blood? The blood? What are you talking about? Believing in the blood of a man named Jesus? It's not not easy for human being to understand the blood of Jesus. But only by the grace we can have ability to understand and have revelation to receive the grace, the grace before salvation, the grace at the time of salvation, and the grace after we receive salvation, and the grace continue every day until we get to heaven. The grace work. All the time, from before, at the time, at the beginning, and go on and on and on and on. Amen. We can receive the good news and the goodness of God, and operate in the goodness of God because of the grace of God. What if God give us 25 percent more grace today than yesterday? What's gonna happen if we receive 10 times more of grace today? That we did have yesterday. What's going to happen to us? Definitely going to be a big change. Definitely, the things that you used to struggle with or fail is going to be a piece of cake for you. It's going to be easy, and you can get it done easily. When you have more grace in you, the bad habits, the sinful nature in your life, the addiction in your life would drop off. You used to fail. You used to fall into it. You used to mess it up, but after you receive the grace, oh, that desire is gone. The desire to po- watch pornography is gone. The desire to smoke gone. You don't fall into it anymore. You just feel like, wow, I'm so free now by the grace of God. The grace of God is involved in everything in your life, your habit, your work, your ministry. Your parenting, everything. With more grace, you can have a stronger spirit to win the battle. With more grace, you can receive any kind of miracle. You can overcome any temptation. You can overcome any trials in your life because you have so much grace. With the good grace of God, you can be such a powerful single mom that is better than the mom that has a husband in the home. If you have the good grace of God, you can be such a powerful employee. You can be a great parent, great man, great husband, godly wife. You can be anything that God wants you to be. With enough grace, you can receive anything that you desire. You can understand. You can see. When I say see, I don't mean just vision, the physical vision here. I'm talking about the discernment. You look and you understand, and you know the answer. You have all the revelation. With enough grace, you can do more. You get more busy, then get the job done more. When God gives you more grace, it means you have more work to get it done. God not going to give you the grace just to enjoy and look at it. He wants you to use the grace to get the job done for Him. Amen. And then the grace of God gives you power and faith to believe in what the Bible say. Amen. What is the grace of God? The grace of God is so important that we need to understand what it means. We're gonna look at the Bible today. We're gonna look at the book of Exodus about the favor and the grace of God. Thousands of years ago, a man named Moses was spending time on the mountain for six weeks under the glory of God. Why he was in the glory of God? God used his finger to write the Ten Commandments on the stone. And while he was on the mountain, 
the children of Israel went crazy. They put pressure on Aaron to make an image, a carved image of golden cow, to worship, and Aaron yielded to them. Almost two months before that, they heard the audible voice of God from the fire in the mountain, and the audible voice of God said, "Don't make any carved image and worship it." They heard it with their own ears. Miracle! They heard the voice of God, audible voice of God, from the fire on the mountain. No excuse at all. There is no excuse that I don't know. They know God did not want them to build the image, the calf image, the golden calf, but they did it. How did God respond? God was very upset. <laughs> God was very angry. Six weeks, eight weeks ago, He just told them, "Don't do it," supernaturally by the audible voice. Okay, they don't have the Bible like us, so they can hear from God. They built the carved image. God was so upset, and God did not call them my people anymore. God labeled them the people whom Moses has brought out of the land of Egypt. He stepped away and said, "You are not my people anymore. I'm so mad at you right now." And look at what the Bible says: Exodus chapter 33, verses one to three. Exodus 33, 1 t o three. Then the Lord said to Moses, "Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt." He did not say, "You and my people." He said, "You and your people." I don't accept them anymore. Bye bye. Get out of here. To the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying. To your descendants, I will give it, and I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Pesicite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst. In other words, I send the angel with you, but I'm not going. The presence of God will not go with you anymore. The tangible presence of God stop. You go on your own with the angel. I'm still have mercy to you. I'll give you the angel, okay? But I'm not going with you. Lest I consume you. So he was so upset. God said, "If I go with you, my anger gonna go up higher to see all this calf image. Lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people." So God said. Bye bye. You are Moses' people now. You are not my people. I'm not going with you anymore because I'm concerned that I'm going with you. I walk with you, and I see all this wicked thing and rebellious thing. I'm gonna send a fire to burn all of you up, and all you will be swallowed up by the earthquake, and you're all gonna die. So I'd rather take my hand off and let you go with the angel. See you later. Bye bye. He did not want to go with the children of Israel. Look at verse four. And when the people heard the bad news, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. Wow! These people start to realize now that this is a serious issue. God rejected them now. God said, "I'm not going with you." Look at verse 11 to verse 13. Thank God for the good leader. Moses was a good leader. He talked to God on behalf of these people. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face, as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. The Bible said that Moses spoke to God face to face. It doesn't mean that Moses saw the face of God. One time Moses said, "Can I see your glory?" And God said, "You cannot see my face. Human beings cannot see." The Father, we are living in this corrupted body. If we come close to the glory of God, if we see God face to face, our eyes gonna be burned. We gonna be blind. We gonna be in trouble. 
We only can see God in heaven. One day when we get to heaven, we're gonna have a new glorious body, the incorruptible body, and on that day we can stand before God, see Him face to face. At this point, we cannot, and that's the reason why when the glory of God touch people in the meeting, revival meeting, they have physical reaction. Because our physical body can handle the glory of God so much, presence of glory is too strong for our body to be able to handle. Amen. But again, you need to be hungry to receive the glory. If you reject the glory, He will not show up. He will not touch you. It's up to you. If you resist, He back off. But if you welcome, He's gonna come and touch you. Amen. Moses could not see God face to face, but He was talking to God, just like a close friend. The Bible continued to say, "Then Moses said to the Lord, 'See, you say to me, bring up these people. You have not let me know whom you will send with me. Which angel you talking about? Who you gonna send with me? Yet you have said, okay. Moses start to raise the question. Moses start to kind of bargain now. Yet you have said." I know you. This is the word that God spoke to Moses. I mean God. Know you. You mean Moses. I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray: if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. How God gonna show His way? He need to lead. He need to show up. So, in other words, Moses tried to say, "We cannot go without your presence, and if I find favor with you, I need yourself to f- show me the way that I may know you, and that I may find grace in your sight, and consider that this nation is your people." So God said two things: "These people are not mine anymore." Moses said, "Could you please forgive them? They're still your people, please." Two, he quote the word. You told me personally that I found grace in your sight. You cannot let us go without your presence. If you let us go without your presence to the promised land, it means you lie to me that I find grace in your sight. Moses tried to say that if I am a highly favored person of God, if I receive the favor and the grace from God, it means you go with us. You show me the way. Look at verse 13 in NIV. If you are pleased with me, or find grace in your sight, teach me your way so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. Moses tried to bargain now, try to intercede, try to talk to God, change God's mind. Moses say, "I found grace in your sight." Therefore, your presence need to go with me. Look at verse 14. The Lord replied, "Have you ever talked to God like Moses?" And God is so gracious. After Moses talked, God did not say, "Let me think about it for 10 more years." God replied right away. He's such a good dad. Is that right? My son said. We're gonna go to Hawaii. Can I bring one of my friend with me? As a dad, I did not say, "Let me think about it for 10 more years." I say, "Let me check the price of the airplane ticket first. <laughs> If it's not $1,500 and it's reasonable price, your friend can come." When the kids ask, the dad's grace, the superior. Reach out in kindness to the inferior, amen. You need to learn how to talk to God like Moses. Ask the superior to reach out in kindness, amen. I haven't checked the price of the ticket yet. <laughs> the Lord replied right away, "My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest." So the Lord. The heart is melt by what Moses said. The Lord said, "Okay, la." I speak like a Singaporean. La, okay, la. 
my presence will go with you. I believe that at that moment, Moses must have sighed, relieved, and thank God that God answered his request. Look at verse 15. Then Moses said to him, "If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here." Wow, this is a strong statement. Have you ever prayed like this before you go to church on Sunday, or you go up to lead the worship? Lord, if you don't come up with me on the stage to lead worship, don't send me up there. Have you ever thought that way, Lord? If you don't go with me to my office today. I'm not going to go, but you cannot. You have to go anyway. Otherwise, you get fired. <laughs> but what I mean is that you say desperately, "Come with me, please. I need to go anyway to my work. Otherwise, I get fired. <laughs> I want you so badly. Come with me. I cannot go without you. Okay? We cannot go anywhere without the presence of God. Now we're going to come to the scripture to show you that what does grace and favor mean. Exodus 33:16 to 17. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? How do the people in the world know that we have the grace of God? Except you go with us, so we shall be separate. Your people and I, from all the people who are upon the face of the earth, Moses tried to say, "How? What is the distinction between the unbelievers and the believers? What is the distinction between the heathen, the nations that reject God, and the children of Israel? The presence of God, the tangible presence of God in the life of the believers." What comes with the presence of God, the favor and the grace of God. Verse 17. So the Lord said to Moses, "I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight, and I know you by name." God confirmed one more time. Yes, I go with you, and you found grace in my sight. What is the conclusion? About the grace of God, the grace of God is the tangible presence of God in your life. The thicker the tangible presence, the more grace you have. This is the reason why I love to lay hand on people, because I want God's children to have more anointing, more Holy Spirit. The more Holy Spirit you have, little by little. Grace upon grace, the more you have the presence, the more grace you have. You understand me now? Why this church people think I'm crazy? I love to lay hand. Some people say this guy is crazy. Lay hand on 1,000 people in Thailand. Keep laying on of hand. And some people come three times. Actually, in Germany, this trip, the head of the art church say, "I beg all of you one time today." <laughs> Because they know that people keep coming back and coming back for the grace of God. <laughs> they have to eat lunch at 12:30, so we have to stop. When the presence of God is with us, the grace is with us. The grace is the presence of God with His people. Amen. How can the world know that we are God's people? Because we have the presence of God. I really feel sorry for the church and for the Christians who go to church that reject the presence of God, who hate the move of God, who hate the fire of God, who say, "Oh, I don't want this kind of stuff." They want God to show up their way, but God not going to show up their way. God going to show up His way. Amen. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the wouldn't see and the couldn't see. Got mad at Jesus, who put the mud in the hand and spit on the mud, and put the mud on the eyes of people and say, "You don't do my way. This is not God." But God does His way. Do you want to have the presence of Jesus? 
If you want to have the presence of Jesus and the grace of God, the fullness of God in Jesus' life, if you want Jesus to show up in the meeting, you need to surrender to His way. He can do whatever He wants, but definitely need to be in order. Or oh, let me add a little bit more here, because we have a lot of new churches here. One lady walked into the church, and suddenly, out of the blue, picked up the Bible, and this is a guest of the church. Pick up the Bible. Open the Bible and read out loud and prophesy on one of the members. We don't know her life. She just show up and prophesy, but the prophecy was wrong, totally out of the Bible. So the leader in London asked me, Pastor, could you give us advice how to handle this issue? New churches are more vulnerable than established church because no one gonna come up to the microphone here easily. But new church people take advantage of new pastor, an experienced pastor. I told the whole team from London, four people. You know, you want the presence of God. You need the anointing. You want God to move freely, but the Holy Spirit move freely. Yes, but in order. Okay, order and the move of God never contradict. And they asked me, "What do you mean order? It means go by the paper. One, two, three, four. That is the order." I say no. The order means divine order. In the meeting, every meeting there must be one head. You cannot have three heads. One head. For example, if he is the head, he caught the shot, and everybody else submit to that leader. The leader listen to God. If you don't have this, everyone act like a leader. Everyone act like a leader. There is no order. Holy Spirit will back off. The Holy Spirit will move. The presence of God move in. In divine order, divine order has the head in the group. So if I assign him to be the head of that meeting, even I myself look at his eyes. If he doesn't say I can talk, I keep quiet. But if he say I can talk, I talk. So the guests who walk into the church cannot just step in and grab the microphone and talk without order. That guest have to ask the head first, can I talk? And then the head say, what you gonna talk? I want to hear. I don't want you to quench the Holy Spirit here, because we cannot trust everybody to grab the microphone. You see what I mean? So this is how we move in the presence of God. When you move in the presence of God, there must be one man that call the shot. You cannot have two bosses, because if the other boss is led by the devil, then we get into trouble. That person need to be assigned by the top leader. Any meeting, care group meeting, church meeting, any meeting must have one head to lead to call the shot. Is it clear? This this is out of the sermon today, but I feel that sometimes people misunderstand. Oh, the move of God, you know, everything go wild. People can do whatever they want. No, 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 no. The move of God, the presence of God, come in order. Amen. We find grace when we have the presence of God, and when the presence of God is upon our life, when the grace of God is upon our life, His presence is with you. He will go before you. He will prepare the way before you show up. His presence will influence people's mind before you show up. He will incline the heart of people to support you, to help you. He will make you bright to see clearly what's going on, to know what's going on. He will help you to make the right choice. After you make the right choice and you do it, his power will show up, become successful. Every single step before even you show up, he prepare the heart. He incline the mind of people, and when you show up, you see what you need to say. You know what to do, and when you take action, the grace of God make it happen. Wow, is it great to have the presence of God? From the beginning to the end, Amen. He will give you wisdom. You will know what to do. You will know what to say, and He will cause it to work. What you say will be effective, and cause it to work. He makes everything easy. He will prosper what you do, and He will manifest in a different way in each meeting and each time. The grace of God is He Himself show up. The presence of God, Amen. We need to honor and love the presence of God. 
We need to welcome the presence of God. We should not despise the presence of God in the church, because in His presence there is grace. In His presence, your brain electrical waves still going. In His presence, your heart still beating. In His grace, the sun still shining the light. The grace of God sustain you, leads you, empowers you, gives you power and ability, success, and cooperation from people. Amen. John chapter one sixteen to seventeen. I read one more time from last night. And of His fullness we have all received, and grace upon or for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. NLT say, from His abundance we all have received one gracious blessing after another. If we receive more grace, it means we have to do more good. If we receive more grace, it means we have to step out to do more good things to people. He gives us more grace to be the channel of the hand of Jesus to touch people's life, to do good to other people, and with that grace, you will experience greater wisdom. With the grace of God, you will not fool around. Doing wrong thing that will waste your time anymore. You know exactly what to do. You will not waste your time away. You will be more efficient, proficient, and you will be more specific what to do in your life. You don't run around doing many many things, but get no result. The wisdom of God, the grace of God, give you wisdom to know exactly what you need to do. The Lord will be preparing everything. Before you, he prepared the heart. He prepared the situation, the room, the donkey, everything. The donkey for Jesus, not for us. He may prepare a Mercedes for you, <laughs> for Pastor Da, <laughs> M series or C series or E series. <laughs> The grace of God. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just studied yesterday that uh, Mercedes has three series: M, S, and E. Okay, I'm learning right now. <laughs> Hallelujah! And when people around us look at us, they just the heart is melt because of grace of God, and they want to help us. I know I don't deserve so many people in this room. I'm serious. I don't deserve the South team there. So wonderful team. I don't deserve the elders. I don't deserve Pastor Brenda, who lead the children program. But when they look at me, okay, <laughs> I help this guy and this lady. I have sympathy and mercy for this guy who speak accent many years ago. No one could understand my English, but they say, "Okay, I have mercy, the grace of God." <laughs> Do you want to go everywhere like that? People look at you. Okay, I helped you because the grace of God is upon you. The presence of God is upon you. The single, when you walk in, God will work in the heart of a godly man. Somebody say amen. <laughs> And that godly man, God just by the graces protect him not to have a girlfriend yet. And you walk in, the presence of God is upon you. You're so glorious. His eyes are blind. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> And he look at you, the grace of God moving his eyes. Okay, I like her. <laughs> That's what happened to me. <laughs> no, no, it means you are blind. You see me. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't deserve Fasada. She has a lot of handsome men chase after her, but I came in with a small guy with a lot of pimple in my face. <laughs> It's by the grace of God. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. How many people want the presence of God? How many people say like Moses? I found grace in your sight. Please go with me. Amen. Will our churches really love the presence of God? Will we welcome the tangible presence of God? Amen. Definitely, we do everything. We humble. We excel. We do everything to welcome the presence of God. Hungry, always stay simple. Don't have this attitude. I have seen it all. I have seen this falling. I have seen this lay hand. I've seen it all. I know. I heard this message for ten times. Don't think that way. Don't abuse. Don't take the presence of God for granted. Every time the presence of God moves, to me is refreshing, new. I never feel that. Another one, another revival service, another laying out of hand. Again, he lay hand. Again, people fall down. Again, people laugh. The same old things. Oh, I'm tired. I just sit in the back and just eat my mama noodle. <laughs> Amen. You need to value the presence of God. You need to be hungry. For His presence, because in His presence we're going to learn tonight what happened in His presence. Oh, powerful! Amen. Wow, I'm excited. In His presence, there are so many good things happen. We're going to learn tonight. Amen. Isaiah 57, verse 21: There is no peace, says my God. For the wicked, when God spoke to Moses, I will go with you, and I will give you rest. Jesus said in Matthew, "If you take your, my yoke upon you, that yoke is the grace of God. You take my grace upon you, you shall find rest." The Bible says that people who don't have the presence of God. People who don't have the grace of God, the Bible uses the word "the wicked." The wicked it doesn't mean they go out and kill people. It means people who just so hard, have a hardened heart, reject God, and don't care about God. The Bible uses the word "the wicked." The wicked have no peace. Why didn't they have peace? Because there is no presence of God. Because there is no grace. When you have the grace of God, you have peace. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 15: Good understanding gains favor, but the way of the unfaithful is hard. Which one you gonna choose? You gonna be people who fear God, love God, humble yourself before God, receive the favor from God, and have understanding, and you know what's going on, you know what to do. Every single step of your life, or you're gonna be the unfaithful and wicked people, who whose way is hard. Whatever you they do, oh, so hard. I could not sleep. I have a mental breakdown. Everything is so hard for me. But in the presence of God, there is a rest. There is peace. There is no peace in hell. There is peace in heaven. There is no peace with the devil, but there is peace with God. Peace is offered to us by God, and when the presence of God show up, we have perfect peace. The devil cannot offer peace to mankind. The devil has no peace. He's so angry. He's, he wants to destroy people. He's a mean, fallen angel. The Bible say this way. I like that, and I want you to live that way. The Bible say, "God keep us in perfect peace when our mind stays on Him. When we always 
hook up to the presence. We always aware of the presence of God. We always value and honor the presence of God. Hook up to the grace of God. The grace of God will keep us in peace all the time. Amen. Amen. No matter what happened, the storm come, you still have peace because your mind stay on God. You welcome the presence of God, even though the storm come, you still feel like you are lying on the green pasture. You just relax and smile and say, "Ha ha ha." Oh, oh, oh. Everyone else like, oh, oh, I need a Valium, I need Trazodone, I need medication. You still smile and have peace. And peace come up on the inside of you. You are not as anxious as before. You are not worried as before. I noticed many of you, when you first came to church, your face looked dark and you looked like <laughs> dying. Some of you, I'm serious. Many of you, like that man, that man, yeah. <laughs> you walk in, so anxious, so lack of sleep. But later on, the presence of God touch you. Now you smile. You have more peace. Nothing can shake you. Amen. You wake up in the morning, and you don't get confused. When you wake up. I know what I'm going to do today. You are not in the confusing state. You are in the knowing stage. How many people want to live in a knowing stage all the time? When people are confused, I don't know what to do. What's next? Know exactly what you're going to talk to your son. You know exactly how you're going to handle your husband. Your husband make you upset. What you gonna say? That you still get the diamond ring anyway? <laughs> Amen. You are in the knowing state when you wake up, and not only that. After you wake up, you know what to do exactly. And as time go by, after ten o'clock, you get busy. You forget the presence of God and the grace of God in you remind you. Hey, remember this morning I tell you what to do. Oh yes, yes, yes. He is not only telling you what to do and knowing what to do. He also reminds you not to forget. You like that? Yes. We will not be forgetful people because the grace of God is upon us. Peace, rest. You know when you are anxious, when you are worried all the time, you forget because you so like. Turmoil on the inside of you. You forget the important thing you need to do. But when you are at rest and peace, you remember. You know what to do. Well, how many people want to live that way? In the presence of God, Amen. Everyone say grace zone. The place of grace. Everywhere I go, I want to live in the grace zone. Everywhere, grace zone. I don't walk out of the grace zone. Everyone, make your hand like this. Grace zone. The grace is upon me. The grace is under me. The grace is around me. Everywhere, grace zone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Be humble, be hungry, and seek the presence of God. Everywhere you go, the presence of God is with you. Don't live a rebellious life. Live an obedient life. Surrender to God. Submit to God, and you will not have to worry about anything. You don't have to worry about anything. Amen. Amen. I share with members in my church a few months ago. I operate on a 76-year-old man with a huge brain tumor here. The tumor is above and below this part. There is a separation between this brain and lower brain. There is a membrane. The tumor is both sides, huge. So when I open it up, the brain just push out because the tumor is so big. 
So I have to retract the brain and carve off the tumor little by little, little by little. And I keep praying, God, I need your grace. And I do little by little. And at the end, after I removed 90% of the tumor, I could not remove all of them. It's too risky to remove all the tumor. At the end, the brain still protruding out like a mushroom. If this is a surface, the brain come out like this. So I look at it. How am I going to close this? I cannot cut this brain. This brain control the vision. The anesthesiologist give all the medication and reduce the carbon dioxide in the blood to shrink the brain. I just keep looking. And I say, I'm living in the gray zone. You have to go down. I cannot do anything. You have to go down. <laughs> I'm serious. My medical effort is exhausted, but the brain still push out. It's impossible to close. So when I say that, by the grace of God, it has to go down, I believe God helped me. In the grace zone, suddenly the brain gone down. The anesthesiologist look at it. Whew, how did it happen? I close it and the patient come up back to me 10 days later for follow-up. Perfect. No problem. Grace soul. Living in the presence. Living in the grace. Amen. We're going to experience the higher measures of favor of God. Higher level of grace of God. As years go by, increase grace upon grace. The presence of God is going to get thicker and thicker in the church. Amen. I pray that one day when people just drive into the parking lot at your church, they get here already. Because the grace is so thick. Amen. When the marriage couple walk in and they're at the verge of divorce, before they get divorced and walk into the church to visit you, once they walk in, the grace of God move. They look at each other's eyes. Oh, I love you again. What happened here? Now, uh, no more divorce. Actually, it happened to one pastor in Thailand. He gave testimony in Thailand. He and his wife at the verge of divorce. This is not east of Thailand. They quarrel, they fight like a cat and dog every day. And they still serve God. They came to our revival meeting last two times ago. God touched both of them. They laughed in the Holy Ghost. They went back to the hotel. Both of them still laughing in their bed. Laughing, laughing. And the wife said, Before this happened to us, I hate my husband. I want to divorce him badly. And the husband give up. Okay, if you want to divorce, go. After they got touched by the presence of God, the grace of God touched them. Now unity back. They love each other. They serve God together. All this chaotic thing in the house all resolved by the grace of God, by the presence of God. Amen? Just one touch of the presence of God. The grace of God is sufficient for them to save their family. Amen? Hallelujah. I think I need to stop. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> you enjoy huh? <laughs> Wow Keep preaching <laughs> Amen Tonight we're going to learn About the worth of His grace And we're going to learn That the grace of God Is the shield upon your life Okay Wow The grace is bigger than Just unmerited favor is that right? We learn now big, big subject. So we have learned the grace of God keep Noah in good shape in the unsurvival situation. We learn the grace of God caused Mary to impact the generations to come. She is a highly favored woman that out of her generations after generations have been blessed. And I believe the grace of God will protect you in the unsurvival situation, either financially or calamity or accident. The grace of God will change your life to the point that many people behind you 
Many generations after you will be blessed. Maybe the grace of God used you to translate all the lesson into Mandarin, and many many people that speak Mandarin shall be blessed. Or in Farsi, is right? Farsi language, and sent to Iran. The lesson that we produce, I can give you the lesson to send to the pastor. Amen. Or maybe you can record in Farsi, in voice. The grace of God is upon you. And the grace of God is upon Jesus that He performs signs and wonders, and through Him the fullness of grace can flow into the church. Amen. Amen. And we learn from Moses today that the favor and the grace of God is about having the tangible presence of God in our life. And when we have that presence, we can rest, we can have peace, we will know, we have wisdom. He will go before us. He will prepare the way for us. He will prepare the heart of people to help us. He will do everything to get the job done for us. Is it wonderful to have the grace of God? Yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us the subject of the grace of God in this church. We pray, Father, that your people will not only receive more grace from Jesus. The fullness of grace in heaven, grace upon grace, stacks of grace and favor, but we will also experience the great grace in our family, in our home, our parenting, our being single mom, our job, our ministry, our daily life, our traveling, everything. The grace of God. Will continue to work to the full capacity. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for giving us more grace all these years. We don't deserve. We don't earn. We don't merit it. But because you are such a gracious and kind God, you're such a good Father. You are good. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have lunch. Have a wonderful time. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at two zero six two seven five one zero four two. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in Your name, I lift to You this new praise song. All the wrongs I have ever done have been washed away by Your only Son. Bring me Your tired. Your glory.